Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to tell you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, boxing, golf, and my personal favorite, MMA. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And welcome to our review of Flex Fight Series 14 Glow Bash and the night that was at the Stereo Garden. I am TJ Ragusa, joined by James Leonelli and Zandra Fit. Everyone, how are we doing today? James, let's start with you. We are now a couple of weeks removed from the event and still in the wake right now, still feeling all that energy. Oh, God, what a great night it was. Uh, all Super special night for me. My nephew uh, from Colorado came to visit. Got a lucky duck guy, got to sit ringside 15 hours off of the plane. And, uh, of course, the ring car girls because – what nine-year-old doesn't want to sit with the ring car girls. Uh, and what an awesome night of fights that we had. Just amazing energy. We had Joe Jerusalem there painting everything up. It was awesome. Zandra, how did you feel being there? I loved it. I was so excited for this event. And uh, it was just so cool to see everything glowing and just the different vibe that this show brought. Like each one of our shows has a special theme and like it's just nice to see the energy um, that each one brings and just all the all the effort that goes into these these shows is just it's it's super fun and it makes it super exciting for me and the fighters and you guys too. Like we're always stepping into something and having a new a new fun time together. So it was awesome. It was a great night of fights. I loved we had a lot of like kind of mayhem happening in, in a lot of the fights. Like it was very it was a night of wild things, but uh, it was awesome. You mentioned it, Xandra. It was a night of wild things, and perhaps that energy from the experience that is Flex Fight Series, not just an MMA and kickboxing show, always an experience. Maybe that energy was contagious, and the fighters were feeling it because the results were spectacular. This card delivered in a big way, and we'll start at the top talking about the main event between Cole Barnard and Kaja Maharaja, a fight that Cole Barnard was victorious in, but a competitive fight back and forth. Xandra, how did you see that one? That was a, that, I mean, you know, Cole, Cole ended up walking away with the win. Um, I was seeing that, you know, it, it was pretty competitive, but, um, you know, Cole definitely, uh, you know, ended up coming out victorious. And I was looking through, I was looking at, you know, some of the, the comments and some of the things that the fighters were saying on the, on the social media and, um, you know, uh, I can't pronounce Kaja. Um, you know, he was saying that his knee buckles when he got hit by Cole. Um, so, you know, that's a little co- controversial, but, you know, Cole definitely was the, you know, was the, the victor in that one. Yeah. I, I got, getting to watch the fight cage side. I was so impressed 
by the way Cole kept pressing the action forward, doing everything he could to take away Kaha's reach advantage. Um, really did an excellent job of, uh, from where I was standing, I didn't see anything that looked like Kaha's knee buckling, but of course I haven't watched the fight back. Um, Cole caught him with a beautiful left hand, and, and that's what, in my opinion, put Kaha on the ground. And um, that that was the story of round one, was a huge left hand that Cole landed. And then uh, from round two and three, he's taking over with his jujitsu, putting him against the cage, wrestling him to the floor, and Kaha just did not have, uh, he, he didn't have the tools in the toolbox necessary to stop a fight of the caliber of Cole Barnard from his back, unfortunately. And Cole, really just a dominant performance once he got him to the floor. TJ, what'd you think about our next one? So in the co-main event, it's always fun when you get heavyweight kickboxing, especially the professionals. And what was a mutual professional debut for Victor Jones and Enrique Lopez, that fight was just rock'em, sock'em, robots back and forth for two full rounds there, a, a total of six minutes in the kickboxing realm. And Enrique landed the better shots for a lot of that fight, but Victor did not go anywhere. He was eating shots up against the fence. Every time you thought he was out of it, he would come back and land a big right hand. And between rounds, between the second and third, the doctor had just seen enough. There was enough punishment coming from the side of Lopez. And he's victorious in this mutual debut, a fight that was just an absolute slobber knocker. And I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on it as well. So I was, what was so impressive to me is with Victor, this dude just had the, the nuclear option. At any given point, any any time that he wanted to, you know, Victor. What, what I saw so, so amazing from Enrique was his beautiful combinations for a big, for a big guy for a heavyweight. The fluidity of his combinations very, uh, very reminiscent of of Andy Ruiz, former heavyweight boxing champion, and how fluid his combinations were. But then they'd be in these fluid exchanges, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Victor's bang this gigantic bomb out of nowhere, and Enrique'd get hit. Maybe he'd stumble for a second, but then he'd go right back to work. And things like having someone who, who has that nuclear option in one of their hands keeps a fight so interesting because even though, you know, one fighter might be throwing great combinations, all it takes is one from that other guy. Xander, you, you were nearby when we were watching this fight. and Man, the conditioning of both of these guys, so impressive for heavyweights, right? Absolutely. It was such a fun one to watch. And it's just like the sound, you know, the sound when you're hearing two heavyweights, whether they're on the ground, they hit the grounds or they're just hitting each other. It's like so much more intense. And just uh, it was a great fight. I was I was on the edge of my seat watching that one. I was on the edge of my seat as well, watching the fight that preceded that. Josh Benover is a step on Prokopiak and Prokopiak coming back off of a long layoff. He had started his career three and oh, but. Unfortunately, had to take some time off due to some injuries. Josh Beno started off 5-0. Someone's O had to go, and in fact, it was Beno who came out victorious in that fight, grinded out a decision in what was a back-and-forth fight. And Xandra, how did you see that one as well from the sidelines? I didn't get to watch that fight in its entirety because um, of running back and forth with the, with the post-fight interviews, so I, I didn't catch that whole fight. But I know I remember Josh fighting on the card back in, um, what are we, in, in May, and he was victorious there. So, uh, you know, it's nice to see him on a, on a roll. He, when we did his post-fight interview back in, yeah, in May, he was saying, you know, I'm coming for, for all these wins. I think he had a fight actually in between fighting for us. So he's just been on a streak. Like he's been, he's been out there just, you know, putting in work. And it's, it's nice to see him, you know, again, on flex but, and be victorious. And he's always a pleasure to have on. So 
I wish I got to see more of that fight, actually. Absolutely. And it, w- it was an awesome back and forth war. I always love to see one of the things to me that is defining of a fighter is how they come back from the face of adversity. And Josh was hurt uh, pretty, pretty bad in the first round. Kind of kind of got uh, rocked a bit from Stefan's big shots and can't, comes back, wins round two decisively, uses the body lock against the cage so well, and really just uses that Randy Couture wall, wall and smash. <laughs> Not even wall install, but wall and smash kind of style, looking for takedowns, big knees and stuff like that, and doing what he needed to do to secure that second round, clear the cobwebs, and then come back and dominate even more in that third round. And, and that was enough to, to get the victory for him. But even more so impressive, the fact that he was down and then came back. And that's something that always, you know, it's, you don't see it even at the, even at the highest levels. Sometimes you'll see the, a guy, fighter in the UFC will lose the first round, and that's it. It changes as they perform. So to see Ch- Josh come back after losing that first round, so impressive. And then we had another dominant performance in the fight before that. T, do you want to lead us into that one? That dominant performance did come from Kyle Troyan in the in the knockout win over Pernell Rochelle. Referee Kenny Vasquez stepped in. He had seen enough once Kyle had gotten full mount and rained down some hammer fists there. It was an incredible performance for him. And I understand that you two had a really emotional moment with him backstage. It was an emotional fight for him, a big comeback win following the – I'm sorry, after uh, making it two in a row now, after his latest victory prior to that one was a split decision against Kajam Maharajan. Yeah, that was – Kyle is, uh, he's a great energy. Um, you know, I love seeing him fight on flex and he is very just determined and he's, I got to sit down and talk with him a a few times before this fight. And, you know, he was just saying like, I'm coming, like, I want to be the champion of this organization. Like, this is what I want to do. He, in the post fight interview, he was very clear on that too. And talking to him, um, you know, prior to that, and then just seeing all that come to fruition for him, seeing all that, you know, hard work, that passion. And we kind of talked about the whole mindset, uh, how important the mindset is, and just putting things in your mind that, you know, your mind doesn't know what's real and what's not. So if you have that instinct, because in the first rounds of that fight, it was kind of back and forth. Like, I was a little worried. Like, I'm like, oh, like, how, which way is this going to go? And then Kyle got them out and, you know, just finished the fight. So, it was it was exciting. It was an exciting one to watch. Absolutely, and and you mentioned the post fight interview we did with the Alex, and he was so so cool and calm and humble in victory, which is he so was awesome. Very calm. It was like he didn't even fight just before. It was interesting. Yeah. It was it was a little eerie in the calmness, but it was <laughs> his message was so positive because mm-hmm. he fought for us, I believe, back in February. Because if I recall correctly, it was my first card. Uh, with flex that's why it sticks mm-hmm. out in my head and he lost the fight and he kind of and i i said this right to his face and no disrespect at all he kind of for lack of a better word didn't show up he just didn't fight up to what he's capable of he kind of froze up a little bit and the moment kind of got to him it was the and mateo estrada fight exactly and he he said very much that that's exactly what happened to it the, mo- the moment got to him the pressure got to him but that failure was the best thing that could have happened to him because by failing, it let him know that like how seriously he needed to take this if this was his dream. And he did exactly what you said, Alex. He not only put in the physical work, he put in the mental work and it showed in that unbelievable performance. He did an amazing job. And then uh, a bit of controversy in the fight beforehand, fight worth touching on, uh, John Drago uh, versus Wang Choden. Um, awesome kickboxing fight while it lasted. Um, 
Drago, unfortunately, disqualified, got a little too much in the moment, uh, threw some big shots, dropped his opponent, and then followed him to the ground, which is, of course, illegal uh, in a uh, in a kickboxing fight. I believe he'd been warned for doing something similar earlier in the fight and uh, um, loses the fight via disqualification in round two. Some of the fans didn't quite see what went wrong there, but uh, it, it was certainly uh, rather egregious when it, when it happened. TJ, anything you took from that performance? Certainly a scrappy performance, you know, and I really liked how Drago fought. I thought he was very intent on moving forward. And, you know, this one, again, was a uh, was just a back and forth brawl. These guys were throwing hammers at each other. And um, that was really it, just throwing heavy leather back and forth. And Drago, Drago was getting the better of the exchanges. He ultimately did find that big knockdown shot that, you know, it is kind of a shame that he followed it up with the ground strikes because he, uh, he ultimately disqualified himself from what would have been a highlight reel win for him. Um, in any case, I'm sure we'll see both of these guys back again, but a, uh, an interesting fight that they got to have for as long as it lasted. Most definitely. And then uh, in the fight, next fight we had was uh, Nico Stefano versus Daniel Yakobov, uh, who put on a dominant grappling display. Like, wow. Nico, just such an impressive physical specimen. I saw the guy with a shirt up at the way, and I was like, geez, look at this guy. <laughs> and uh, what was so impressive is you, you see the, the very physically imposing Nico and the not as physically imposing Daniel. And you saw what a difference Daniel's superior grappling technique made as he took him to the ground and just smothered him. There, there was nothing, Nico, every attempt he made to get himself out of there, he just couldn't get out from the amazing top pressure of Daniel. Uh, Daniel even took uh, he took an arm bar attempt, just smothering top pressure, really dominant, dominant grappling. Alex, anything you remember from that fight? It was, it's just interesting. I, uh, this was another one that I didn't get to see fully, but it's interesting, you know, when you see those, the, the different body types in fighting and, you know, people that maybe aren't as familiar with the sport, you know, they see two people that are the same weight class, with two totally different body types. And then, you know, you see the guy who maybe you wouldn't think would necessarily come out on top. And that's the key. That's the technique. That's the, the drilling. And also like that core strength that you have that can just, you know, it could go either way. So, um, I just I like that that fight was was an example of that and shows like you know the versatility in the sport and the different body types that you can have and things like that. And we will see that versatility on display from Yakobov again at Flex Fight Series 15. If you've not already purchased your tickets or purchased the pay per view, you can do that via flexfights.com. And Yakobov is going to have his hands full with a tough test. Danny Valle out of Vamos BJJ, another well credentialed grappler. That one is going to be a grappler's delight. And moving on with the review of Flex Fight Series 14. Prior to Yakobov and Stefano, we had Joshua Barrow versus Hirose. That was an excellent, excellent fight that went back and forth. James, did you have any thoughts on that one? Uh, just a, an unbelievable performance uh, by Joshua Barrow. To, the, the way that he, he used his leftiness. The, that's one thing, if, you, if you're listening to the stream of the fight, I take a, a lot of pride in breaking down how to fight that lefty battle and what an advantage that can be if done well. And Josh did an unbelievable job of using his leftiness to land the left hand um, and just you dropped him with a kick as well. Um, and just hats off to the toughness of Brandon. Brandon do, doing everything he could to stay in the fight. Doc came look at him after standing eight count, but uh, Joshua Barrow, our winner by TKO in round two. Awesome performance. Speaking of awesome performances though, I think we have to talk about the next fight down on the card. We had David Pardo versus Philip Deuce. Alex, what do you remember from the, from this this craziness? <laughs> this three rounds of craziness we had. 
this was another one that I didn't get to watch because I was in the back doing stuff. And I, I'm freaking, I really want to run. I watch the fight card back and see this. So you guys take this one. This was a, as someone who came up in a background of striking, uh, this was a pleasure to watch because we had the amazing, amazing parts where we have uh, David Pardo coming out, throwing uh, what is referred to as a roll kick in Kyokushin karate, which Tiger Shulman's came up as throwing roll kicks, throwing spinning kicks. I don't know. Oh, I did. I'm so sorry, you guys. It's the COVID brain has got me. I'm here from, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have my background next time. Like I'm going to be my COVID <laughs> brain. Yes. Yes. This was the, this was, he did the karate kicks and then they, they won, had, they went to the draw. Yes. This was an exciting fight. And, uh, I loved watching. I saw, I did see this fight. I loved watching it. I'm sorry. Take it away, James. Sure. Alejandro, very excited. I'm sorry, David, rather. Very excited about the fact that his, uh, one of his kicks is the graphic for this upcoming fight card, a spinning kick that he threw Phillips way. Just an awesome, awesome back and forth fight. Um, Philip did uh, wind up losing a point for a, for a trip in the, in the third round. Um, as you can't, you can't uh, run a guy to the ground in a kickboxing fight. And, uh, cost him probably the win this fight ending in a draw a majority draw but man this was an entertaining three rounds tj what stood out to you from this performance i mean just the level of skill and desire present in the cage between deuce and pardo was incredible to watch pardo again we know he has those entertaining spinning techniques he is an aggressive fighter he loves to move forward and we know that anytime he steps in there it's going to be an entertaining fight this is now his second draw his career debut was also a draw against erling collado out of warriors nation that one was an entertaining fight he had a win over James Kavarik. He stepped into the mixed martial arts world and went to an absolute brawl with a veteran in Vinny Melillo. And he has more than proven himself in the flex cage. So you knew what to expect when we saw David Pardo, but we haven't seen Philip Deuce in the flex cage before. He has excellent experience in the Muay Thai realm. Again, that's something that we spoke about on the broadcast could have potentially contributed to um, those, those techniques that he was using, the illegal sweeps that would have been allowed in Muay Thai but weren't allowed here in this K-1 bout, uh, or in the K-1 rules bout. But again, in any case, we fought to a draw here. The point doc did cost Deuce the fight in an otherwise spectacular performance, but again, a spectacular performance for both guys that just brought violence. And the, de the defensive technique was also on display, but both guys going forward with everything they had, it produced some fireworks in there and some heavy leather land. Yeah, and it was interesting when we got to talk to them after the fight because they did have such different styles. And Philip was saying, like, you know, all that spinning, flying stuff, like, that's not going to work on me. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not intimidated by any of that. So it was nice to see that those two kickboxing styles go head to head. And, you know, maybe they can run it back in the future for us. Another fight that saw a clash of uh, kickboxing styles prior to Pardo and Deuce were Colin Metzacapo and Matthew Santos going at it for three rounds. Metzacapo got a clean sweep on the scorecards 30 to 27 across the board. And, Really just a strong technical performance from him. James, how did you see that one? I was so impressed with the forward pressure of Colin, just stalking his opponent down because Matthew was using a lot of movement to try to, to try to set up. It looked like he was looking for an overhand right from what I could tell. And uh, it was all he could do to, to try to use what we call like a stop and go where he'd move, 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 move. And then he'd stop playing his feet and, and let one go. Uh, Colin putting pressure on him the whole time, moving forward, trying to smother that movement. Just an awesome performance. And Colin, just a cool dude. <laughs> like, just a fun guy to talk to. Like, he, I had a conversation with him at the weigh-ins, and he was talking about teaching kids' classes at the gym that he trains at. 
And uh, he's like, yeah, they don't let me teach it for the last month of, of my camp because I'm not very good with kids during that last month of camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, who could be? How could you expect it to be? It requires a lot of patience. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that mental. You got to get in that. And the, the patience runs short when you're in those final weeks. You know, you got to be laser focused. Speaking of laser focused. I think we would be remiss if we don't move to our next fight and talk about the best dressed cornerman in flex fights history. And then that fight being Tom Wong versus Alex Ferguson. I'm sorry, I'm cracking myself up too. <laughs> Tom Wong, right. or he's, he must've set an MMA record. He's the first cornerman to wear a light up bow tie. Of yes. oh. Bruce Buffer, what you got on him. And that is uh, of course our ring announcer, Drew Park uh, t- taking a step out of the center of the ring and going into the corner of Tom Wong, who put on a spectacular performance. Big, big power. I mean, impressively built guy, number one. But man, these guys came out like, um, yes, I'm going to say it. They came out like a, like a wrecking ball. These guys just bang at each other. They met like like, like two Billy goes bang, smash each other in the middle of the ring in a frenetic pace. And one of the things that Alec had told me at the weigh-ins is, he wanted to make sure he was in shape to go all three rounds. And I don't know if anybody's in shape enough to go all three rounds at the pace these guys were keeping. And uh, Tom Wong picking up the TKO round two, just big power in his hands. Unbelievable performance from both guys. Wow. And of course, unbelievable cornering by our, by our own Drew Park. Uh, Alex, anything stand out to you from that performance? Yeah, just Tom, you know, both of, both of them came out, you know, guns blazing, but uh, Tom Wang, you know, he took it and, and that energy was just, it was, it was a different, you know, he had a little bit more of a, just a die, like he was in there, he was not taking, he was not taking that out, like he was really, he really dominated that performance and it was a great, it was a great way to close out the prelims. Absolutely. I will say there are definitely people out there who think that the current UFC middleweight champion Israel Adesanya could learn a thing or two from the fighters that we keep talking about from this Flex Fights card. And in that sense, I mean, these boys left their jabs at home at Flex Fight Series 14. There must have been a memo. I don't know if Nick or Chris sent it out and said, boy, no jabs tonight. We're throwing hard. But that was the theme of the night. You mentioned it earlier, Xandra. We keep picking up these themes on every card where certain nights it's a submission in the third round, like Flex Fight Series at the Battle of Brick City. Low bash. It was everybody throw heavy, and we're going to do it hard for a uh, full three rounds. And no, some of them got that far, some of them didn't. Interestingly, no. As far as I remember, no Carnesella MMA fighters on the card, so that must be where we saw no jabs. Because as we know, Carnesella MMA. That's they will be back. Nice. The, the jabs and Carnesella MMA will be back at Flex Fight Series 15 when we go to the LICH Amphitheater on July 16th. And another bout, really interesting to mention, or uh, definitely need to mention rather. Uh, Nick Ortiz in a victorious effort over Capo Lamb and what was an extremely competitive kickboxing bout at a 140-pound catch weight. James, do you want to start us off there? Yeah, Nick Ortiz, man, what a character. Every time I see this kid at one of the cards, always a big smile. Hey, man, what's up? He was uh, one of the first fighters I talked to, one of the first weigh-ins I went to. And this guy, every time I see him, just bright, happy. You would not think this guy's going to be in a fight in a cage against another guy in a cage the next day. Always bright and happy. Um, he, he said something to me post-fight. And honestly, I didn't catch it. He said, he yelled it to me through the cage. And you, you're like, guys, what did, you're like, what did he say? What did he say? I, mean, I, I didn't actually catch it. But apparently Nick Ortiz took a couple of classes in my school, my Tiger Shulman School in Smithtown, New York, uh, a, a bunch of years ago. And he remembers it. I, 
fortunately it was such a quick bit of training that I don't remember it. But he's like, if I win by knockout, drinks on you. I was like, I don't think that's the way that works. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he was certainly trying to put his hands on display in this fight. Uh, Capo just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. But man, uh, Nick throwing big two or three punch combos, looking for his cross and really looked for the finish. He was pouring it on at points and very excited post-fight. And uh, when he did finally get to cross his path after the fight without the headphones on, uh, he, had, he had been partying a little bit. So it was a little harder to understand at that point. But man, what a great performance from him. Anything you took out of this fight, TJ? Again, like you said, just really impressive performance from Ortiz. He came out there to put his hands on display, and he did just that, getting his combinations going early, and he was able to carry that momentum throughout the entirety of those three two-minute rounds. And speaking of momentum, there were a lot of changes in the previous bout. Uh, Bobby Lobato and Chris Cadet went back and forth, fought to a draw, and this was another fight in which a point deduction proved to be a monumental change in the fight. James, what were your thoughts there? Oh, I was so heartbroken when that happened because Bobby Lobato – Big, powerful guy for the weight class. Another guy I spoke to, and you never would have thought this guy would have been in a fist fight the next day. Super calm, um, but man, oh man, big kicks, big power. But Chris Cadet, his combos were awesome, awesome. And I think the combos were what made the difference. I think in round three, he's really started to turn it on. So that would have been made two rounds to, to one in favor of Bobby Lobato, who kept going to a spinning back fist. He had a training, uh, he had obviously been training it. And uh, the instinct when your back is to somebody just to fling something out there so that they don't, they don't come near you. And he did it uh, not once, but twice. And that was enough to get a point taken away in that third round and uh, cost him the win, unfortunately, but a super fun fight to watch. (laughs) This was a really, really exciting bout. Xander, do you remember this one at all? Um, I'm trying to look for my notes right now in my phone because I know I made notes about all these fights. And unfortunately, I'm not. Like I said, guys, bear with me today. The COVID brain, the brain fog. Look, if anyone has an excuse, it's you. You spent some days in Vegas. You picked up COVID. Like, that's as bad as, like, a few days can get as far as, like, demand on your body. You could spend, like, a week in Vegas. You come home, and then you got COVID. That's a tough I, break. I don't even have a background right now. I'm letting the people down. Da- I'm letting you guys down. I got to get my background down. for this. I got to get my background for this next one. And these fights were – I loved – I had so much fun at this card. That's why I'm, I'm annoyed that I'm, uh, I'm not on – Exactly. I'm not on it right now, but that, yeah, that was a draw. It's it, the loss of point. I mean, that was what did it, you know? And unfortunately uh, that can be, that can be the difference that, that one momentary decision. And uh, just like, unfortunately what happened in Vegas didn't stay in Vegas for you, but (laughs) nonetheless. Everyone be careful out there because Exactly. I'm going back got- actually at uh, the beginning of August, one of our uh, Flex Fights alums, technically Triton Fights alums, Charlie the Campbell Campbell has a chance to get onto the UFC roster with a win on Dana White's Contender Series Week 2. I'm going to be out there covering that event. So, Oh, that's for, awesome. But, yeah, it's, uh, Xander, you train with, with Charlie. I've known Charlie since he's like 15 or 16. Wow. That's and awesome. he was, yeah, he was he was always a great energy, nice, nice, very nice kid. Um, and just, you know, I think he started wrestling. I think his background is in, in the wrestling. Um, is he Strockaway High School? And he's, yeah, and now he's at, he's at Law MMA. Yeah. Sorry, my cat's trying to join the party. He's yeah, at Law MMA, and, you know, his uh, striking coach is the same as mine, Eric Heyer, who is a, a professional Muay Thai champion. And uh, 
I'm excited to see what he does. That's awesome that you're going to be out there for that. I'm jealous. I'm excited to get out there and support him and put help to try to put some coverage on there. You know, he's a six and one fighter now with some knockout wins in Bellator. And as he said, after the last one, these kids are getting hurt. He's got to get up to the big leagues in, uh, in the UFC now. Yeah. He's had all, all his wins have been by knockout in the first round for, I don't even know the last, all his fights. Most Ooh. recently, yes, over Guillermo Dos Santos at CFFC 107. That was a first-round knockout, three minutes and 16 seconds in. So we'll see if he's able to make good on his contender series opportunity. But for now, we got to move on to Louis Batoon and Sebastian Medell, who had a spectacular fight at 145-pound kickboxing at mm-hmm. Flex Fight Series. I'm sorry, Muay Thai. That was our Muay Thai bout of the evening at Flex Fight Series 14. Xandra, we'll start with you on that. Yeah, and that was um, Louis. He, he was the winner. He got the unanimous decision. And that was a great, that was a great fight. Ooh, take it off the card. My cat, she's just, she wants to be on the, she wants to be on the podcast. What, what did you think about it, James? I was so impressed with the long sniper leg strikes, Sebastian. And what a positive dude this guy was. Smiling the whole fight. He took a groin kick at a certain point, and even after getting kicked in the groin, he's still just smiling and happy the whole time. Uh, big power from Louis. And he was looking for elbows the whole fight. Finally caught one in the third round. There's a specific way he was trying to throw it that he landed it. And it's like, oh, been looking for that the whole night. It was just an awesome, awesome fight. Uh, speaking of awesome fights, we should touch on James Callisto and Manny Mencius. Again, just an awesome kickboxing bout between these two guys. TJ, what did you see from this one? Obviously, James Callisto picking up the unanimous decision win. But again, just a very evenly matched fight. That seemed to be the... the, the uh, Theme of the evening. Just two guys coming to bring it and really even matches the whole night. As you mentioned, James, this one, like so many other fights on this card, really embodied that theme as well as the theme I mentioned earlier. Boys left their jabs at home. They came forward and swung heavy. This was violent action. The crowd was entertained. Second fight of the night got the party started early. And it was, I apologize, the was the, this actually got relocated on the card. It was meant to be the second fight of the evening. There was a, an equipment issue that caused these gentlemen to uh, fight after Bobby Lobato and Chris Cadet. However, the delay was worth it. They brought the fireworks. It was fun to watch. Sandra, what do you have on this one? Um, I'm going to COVID brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to COVID brain, guys. I'm sorry. No what I from, yeah. What I took from this fight was Manny's big power, big, big built-up guy. He was landing big cross punches to the body, but James was answering with combinations, landing big body kicks throughout the fight. And that was definitely the, the thing that stole him the unanimous decision win. Uh, and then we have our, our final fight on the card to discuss, and that being Christopher Numa versus Miguel Bernasset. What do you remember about this one, Tej? This one was action from the very beginning, and I thought it was one of the better performances of Miguel's career. He's still looking for his first career win, but I don't think he's been closer than he was against Christopher Numa, who is no slouch of an opponent. Numa well-credentialed, again, not the start that he has wanted to his mixed martial arts career thus far. This win pushed him up to one and two, and he really would have liked to have gotten a finish here. But Miguel with an aggressive guard from the bottom, he was trying to work to get out. I mean, at certain points, he did look like he was a little comfortable to be on the bottom and be hunting for submissions. Of course, that was allowing Numa to score points on the scorecards by being on top and landing some shots to the body. However, a competitive effort, a well-matched fight, and uh, Numa moving on to try to make it 2-0 soon. Yeah, Miguel, unfortunately, he had the unfortunate – uh, good fortune. I know it sounds backwards, but the unfortunate good fortune of nearly catching a submission towards the end of round one. He almost caught an omoplata, which is a, a fairly rare shoulder submission. 
I, I can't remember a time it's ever been anyone's ever been used to sub, uh, to used for a submission victory, I should say, in professional mixed martial arts. It's been used to get reversals and stuff, but Miguel was so close with it in that first round uh, that he kind of fell in love with it and kept going back to it and kept going back to it. And he fell a little mm-hmm. too in love with being on the bottom, uh, which when you're that close to victory on something, I understand going for it again and again. But speaking about victory, we have a huge card coming up where there is going to be a ton of fighters looking for victories. Uh, by my current count, 31 fights booked. I mean, that, that's subject to change over the next couple of days. What, what fights stand out to you? fighters. It's going to be a wild one. I am so, so, so excited because we have so many fighters returning um, that have had spectacular performances, and I'm excited to see what they're, they're going to do. And we have so many new fighters making their debuts on our card. So, yeah, we got the O'Day brothers coming back. Both of them are going to be on this card. Thank you for um, your service, gentlemen. Yes, both both Marines. Um, Alex M- M- Manakis, if I'm saying that right. Had a big knockout he, at, uh, at the Battle for Brick City, I believe. Yeah. No, yes. Sorry, that was at Flex 12. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm sorry, guys. Slip, slip sliding away here. Yeah, I'm really excited for this card, and it's going to be, it's in an amazing venue, so it's going to be, it's going to be a big one. I cannot wait. Saturday. I'm counting the days. Yeah. You mentioned it, Alex. This is a fantastic venue that we have. We've been here once before, actually, in July of last year. So we're making this a little bit of an annual tradition to head back and make our pilgrimage to the Long Island Community Hospital Amphitheater, which will play host to Flex Fight Series 15, headlined by a heavyweight kickboxing title fight between the undefeated Patrick Carroll and Mark Glover. The challenger coming in at 1-0 and as a professional. He also had an illustrious amateur career. And there is a lot to look forward to about this fight. There will be skill, size, power, and athleticism on display. James, what are you looking for out of our main event on July 16th? Oh, action. Action is what I'm looking for. Man, there's two guys coming to throw. Just Pat Carroll, man. What, this guy is incredible. I love watching. I don't know if you guys have been, uh, follow No Limits Kickboxing on Instagram, uh, but they've been showing some behind the scenes of him, of him training. And I'm just getting more fired up as the days as the days uh, get closer. And then we have fighters that aren't even in the main event that I'm super excited for. Alpha Torre making his return to the flex cage after a dominant performance just a couple of months ago. Uh, Nart, uh, I'm sorry, Nart's name is his last name is Mark Goka, I, I was I was just trying to get it on my screen here, but he had an amazing performance a couple of months ago for us in flex. Katie Kikendall, I believe the first uh, flex fight I ever called was a Katie Kikendall who looked like an absolute killer in that fight. And she's back in our cage. A lot of returning fighters. And man, with a fight card this big and a venue this beautiful, how can you not be excited? Whatever whatever you are doing on July 16th, if you're not going to be with us at Flex Fight 16, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, you really are. I'm getting like, I'm like have like butterflies just looking at this fight card. If Elias is coming back, Elias Am- Amniva, no. No, oh, I'm sorry. I'm confusing him with our other Elias that just fought. As I'm looking, you guys at this who did actually fight at the Long Island Community Hospital Amphitheater last year both produced knockouts in their respective bouts. Alex Finnegan is now one to know as a kickboxer. Following that big head kick knockout, I was lucky enough to be on the call for that one, and that was spectacular. You do not want to miss Finney making his return, and Mackenzie Heaton coming back to where he finished a fight in the second round against Rogers Ramirez with a brutal right hand, knocked him out cold on the spot, and it was. Scary to watch, entertaining to watch, but these are the modern-day gladiators, folks. If you're looking to come watch the highest-level 
athletes in the area put on a violent display. Long Island Community Hospital Amphitheater, July 16th. Flex Fight Series 15 is going to be the place to be. And what's even awesome, we have fighters coming back from our June card already. Some of the fighters we talked about on, on the previous card, they're already bouncing back in the cage a month later. Impress, so impressive, so impressive. Yeah, and we we got our two. We got two. We have two of the, the of girl fights on this card, and I, I love watching our ladies fight because they always, you know, they bring a different energy. It's more vicious, and um, we have Daniela Collin from Animals MMA and Jennifer Kubik. Kubik. Lubick. Lubick. Lubick from Ramirez Boys Fight House, and then I'm also very excited to see. Um, where did they just go? Where are my girls? Where, am Katie, I other, where are my Katie other girls? Doll and Emmy Moreno. Yes, yes, yes. So this card is so big. I'm like, I, I'm not keeping track, but. I know you, you're looking, trying to keep the whole fight card on one page. Yeah, so I'm like, fights, the names are so tiny. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to see the ladies, the ladies get back in the cage. And um, it's just, I, I, I can't wait. I'm like, it's, it's. Every fight card has a different theme, different energy, and it's always top, top notch. I can't wait to see what the fighters theme of the night is going to be. I mean, we know what ours is going to be. Last year, Combat Carnival. This year, the festival. We're going with a carnival theme. I'm thinking about getting a top hat, maybe like a ringleader cane or something. We'll see. I actually, this is a little bit of an announcement. I'm going to be doing the ring announcing again for the prelims as Drew Park will only be able to make it for the main card this time around. So, I mean, I got to stun out. I got to do something, right? Something thematic. Well, you got it. Let me think of that. I show up it. and show out <laughs> that's awesome but man oh man what a fight card this is going to be and again listen if you have some really important family event if somebody's getting married if somebody's if it's if it's grandma's 99th birthday or something like that and you can't be with us at flex uh, live make sure you guys catch the on demand on throwdownsports.com it's always available there you get to hear us talk fights real time and even better, you get to see the action again and again and again. So you know that replay that you're always like, oh, I wish they'd show that replay one more time. You can replay it as many times as you want because it's yours. Yes. That's it. Once you buy the pay-per-view, you get the on-demand replay. Something to keep in mind as we embark now on Flex Fight Series 15. And James, I want to start with you with some closing thoughts. We have reached the end of our Flex Fights 14 recap, and we're already looking ahead now down the road, Flex Fight Series 15. Super exciting stuff going on in the Flex world this summer. Oh, man. How could you not be excited about this fight card? Again, th 31 fights booked on, alone is enough to be excited. Then you look at some of the names on here. You look at some of the performances we've seen out of these fighters in the flex cage. It's impossible to not be excited. If you, it, if you don't know, if you know, you know. And, man, what an amazing performance it's going to be. And, and like you said, I can't wait to see what we at Flex do for this card. Because as we spoke about not long ago, uh, Matchmaker... Chris said, uh, said recently uh, when we did the promotion with Untuck It, he said, at this point, we're competing with ourselves. And yet every fight card, even when, when things don't, uh, don't go according to plan, we still find a way to outdo ourselves. So I'm always excited to see how we at Flex find a way to make it that much better. Xander, what, what are you excited for with this coming card? Absolutely. Just, I mean, I have to say, um, you know, the, the passion behind the scenes is just as strong as the passion that all our fighters have when they step into the cage. So Every time we get we get together and we do we we have a fight card. It's just amazing energy all around behind the scenes, in the cage, the crowd, the fans. We have the best fans that show up and show out, which is amazing. Um, and there's so we have so many amazing schools, you know, on this card. 
There's actually uh, someone from Law MMA from the school I train at is going to be fighting. We have all the, all the guys from Long Island MMA, um, Animals MMA, Car- Carnicella MMA, Warriors Nation. It's just, you know, the list goes on. The, the amount of talent from the schools that are, that are around here. Rodrigo Gym, uh, Mutant yeah, MMA. Gracie. It's just, it's going to be Vamos BJJ. It's just like, I, I can't, the list goes on and on the talent that's going to show up that day. So I'm, I'm just, I can't, I can't wait. And I gotta, uh, I gotta prepare this festival outfit, you know? <laughs> we all do. And we're counting down the days. Remember folks, July 16th, we'll be at the Long Island, Long Island Community Hospital Amphitheater for Flex Fight Series 15 Fight Festival. You can get your tickets via flexfights.ticketleave.com. You can order the pay-per-view via throwdownsports.com or you can just go to flexfights.com and follow the links that say buy your pay-per-view or get your tickets. Folks, I am TJ Ragusa for Zandra Fit and James Leonelli. We hope to catch you at the next event. Remember, Flex Fight Series 14, June 16th is the place to be. We will see you there.